Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. This is Coogan Cassis for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. It's fight week here in Las Vegas for Wilder Fury 2. I'm joined by the elite of journalists all across the world, Gareth A. Davies. How are you, sir? I'm really well, and you know what? Setting in here reminds me of 13 years ago when I first met you. People thought you were my son. Weirdly, I know. Can you and I have played on that for years? Because you were in this very casino. I ran into you with Paul Speak and Ricky Hatton, and you were his minder. Do you remember that? 11 years ago. 11 was it. It was, oh, it was before Manny Pacquiao, was it? It Not, was Manny Pacquiao, it, which was 209. Ah, uh, so it wasn't the Floyd fight, it was uh, Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, I just, just had a flashback to that. You've done so well, my son. You're doing brilliantly, and it's brilliant to see you succeed because you're one of the hardest working people around, and you really do know your stuff, and it's lovely to see you succeeding. Gareth, I would take those compliments on board. Uh, thank you very much, but we've spent many a weeks here over the last 10 years. Um, we used to kind of go out them back doors and have a little cheeky cigarette. Um, you don't do that anymore, I don't think. So I still do. But this is kind of like you come here and it's like it hasn't changed, has it? This, this whole kind of media environment, this room really hasn't changed over the last however many years. No, and this is the best place to operate in Las Vegas. The Joe Calzaghe-Bernard Hopkins fight was made in here. Were you there on that day when it was made? Well... They had an argument about 30 metres from us over there. We crowded around them, the story was made, and uh, the fight happened. It's been a shame that the T-Mobile arena's come along, because I think, did, did Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather fight over there? No, it was here, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But M- Mayweather and McGregor was over there, all the UFC fights were over there, that big jet black stadium's been built. All those big fights with 60,000 now are going to be over there. So these are... Years ago, it was Caesar's Palace, just up the strip. That was the home of it all. They used to build 
uh, ready-made stadiums outside in the parking lot. This has been an iconic venue through Mike Tyson era, through the Floyd Mayweather era, through the Manny Pacquiao era, and I think this is the end of that era now with the Gypsy King and Deontay Wilder. But these are these are the days of our lives. You know, there's songs about these kind of things, but these really are because from the morning from the morning to night, all we do is work. Believe it or not, and it's a brilliant backdrop to do it. Even Monday, when you and I first bumped into each other, there was already an atmosphere here, and that's very unusual. It doesn't normally happen until the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's got a special feel about it this week and about this fight. Absolutely. Um, right, let me ask you, let's roll straight into it. Tyson Fury, um, we heard Eddie Hearn say some comments on TalkSport that he's now changed his mind about who he thinks is going to win the fight based on some things that he's heard regarding the Fury camp. Do you know anything about this? Because no one seems to be able to elaborate on what he was actually talking about. Uh, I've spoken to Bob Arum about it, Frank Warren, Tyson Fury himself. Gareth, I know you've been in and around the camp for a few weeks now, so where's that come from? Um, I'm not rubbing my face because I'm about to lie, by the way, as people, as, as psychologists always say. Well, I know you had 50 minutes with him in the mansion. I think we're the only two that have been over there from the British media. He looks, feels, seems, appears just great. I've never seen him looking so good. They're not just about the money, even though it's always about the money. 25 million, potentially 40 million each if it goes up to 2 million pay-per-view buys in America. I think it'll be somewhere around that. I reckon both men will walk away with 35 million each from this fight, minimum. Um, yes, the money's enormous. But for Tyson Fury, it's about winning. Now look, if he has been knocked down in sparring, I think the cut's fine. I've had a very close look at his eye. You've been within a, a foot of him. There's, no, it's fine. Um, the fact that there are two cutsmen in the corner is interesting, and I think it's right, because we don't want this fight stopped on a controversial cut with a clash of heads or, a, uh, or, 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 or on, on Deontay's really braided hair or whatever, or something clashes the head and the hair and it rubs. So I understand why they got Jorge Zapatillo and the legendary um, Jacob Stitch Duran in the corner as well. That was unusual. Um, I've been around Shane and Huey, his brothers, and, but they're always edgy around. Um, do you know what I mean? They've got an edge about them. Um, Christian Blacklock is strength, strength and conditioning guy. Seems really happy. Tim Alcock is logistics guy. Seems really happy with everything. Tyson himself has been bouncing around, doing interviews everywhere. He's open-armed. There's an, I don't think there's a lot to hide. Um, he might have been caught by right hands in sparring, but I'm not hearing anything underhand that's gone on. I mean, I, I mean, I throw it back to you. I mean, do you, do you hear anything? No, and when you spend <coughs> sorry, time around the camp and you kind of see how it's been with, you know, and, and, and Sugar Hill as well, you, I kind of think, well... This is kind of, despite the magnitude of the fight, this is like how they are for every fight and how relaxed Tyson is around because he's there with his immediate family and friends uh, all the way through kind of camp. So I haven't picked up on anything to suggest that the camp didn't go well. Uh, but I think, if any, I think if anyone knew, we would know. And, and you know, um, if there is something, they're not going to tell us anyway. They're not, they're not, you know, if he's broken a couple of toes or whatever, they're not going to tell us. And you know what? Fury won't tell us either. He won't, he won't tell us if he's perforated near drum. He won't tell us 
if he's cracked ribs. Carl Froch went into the fight with Jean Pascal in 2008. Tyson Fury's debut that night, by the way, in Nottingham it was, with, with broken ribs and a perforated eardrum. He went, he, he banged with Pascal for 12 rounds. Remember that fight? Um, Carl told us about two years later, Tyson Fury's the same kind of hard man. He's going to go in there and deliver. I think what I have liked to see from him, just to change the subject slightly, is very salient, very germane was him saying at the press conference on Wednesday this week that, that, that Jonte Wilder is a, is a bully as a fighter. He's an on-top fighter and he's going to get on top of him. And it's really brought a lot of analysis from people that know their boxing to saying if he can time him and get his right lead away and get his left uppercut and his left hook away on Deontay that he may be able to break Deontay Wilder. Although I was there at the Ortiz fight when he had kittens in that first fight with Ortiz. And for me, Wilder's got massive cojones as well and, and the self-belief that runs very deep in his dark, dark blood. I mean, I'm, when I say that, I mean dark fighting blood, his DNA fighting blood. I don't mean about colour. I love Deontay Wilder. If Don, Deontay was in Britain, I don't know if you agree with me, Cougs, that we, we would have turned him into a big star. And I don't say we would have turned We would have gone after him and after him and after him, spent time with him, around him, and just shown what we see of him. He's an amazing character, amazing father, turns the switch. If we had a knockout artist like that in the UK, he'd be as big as Anthony Joshua. End of. It's interesting because I think both their personalities have complemented each other all the way through this build-up and we know it's a bit brash and a little bit loud and a little bit like it was today, uh, WWE, but I mean, the personalities of these guys, we're going to expect that. So, But what really matters is what happens on Saturday night and I think we're going to get a dramatic night, if anything else. Yeah, it's definitely going to be dramatic. Um, it's one of those fights where you cannot predict the outcome. It could be stopped on cuts. Either man could be knocked out. I don't think Deontay wins on points. That's the only thing I won't see. But it's famous last words. Because you never know. He could pull out an amazing jab all night, which he did against Bermain Stavern. And you just never know in boxing. Let let me ask you one question. Let me ask you one question. What's more likely, or unlikely, shall I say, a Wilder points win or a Fury knockout? A Wilder points win. Fury is capable of stopping anyone in the heavyweight division. It's about him timing his punches. Jonte Wilder's off and off balance. I've seen him in his own gym throw his body off balance with his right hand. There's check hooks there, the left check hook for Tyson Fury. Look at that one as well, because Deontay falls over when he throws punches as well. Remember what Ali did to Foreman in the Rumble in the Jungle? He's got the, We might even see Tyson Fury do the shuffle on Saturday night. You know what he's like. Expect the unexpected. The unpredictability of Tyson Fury is what got under the craw, got into the craw of Vladimir Klitschko all those years ago in Dusseldorf. And I do think, even when I've seen the two men together, Deontay has taken the policy of talking over Tyson all the time so he doesn't have to take anything in. Because Fury's ready to go, like he says. He'll fight like he brushes his teeth in the morning or takes off his shirt to have the old fair fight. It's amazing. It's great to be here. Um, it's so hard to pick a winner. Um, I mean, I'm, 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 you know, everybody, everyone who watches this knows that he calls me Russell Crowe and we're both close to Tyson Fury in as much as we get access, you know, and, and access is an amazing thing, but it's built on trust over years and years and years. Um, equally, going to Alabama to see Deontay Wilder, such an impressive individual. I kind of hope we get a trilogy fight. I hope we get a fight that really goes to the wire again. Maybe Wilder wins it just, 
and then they go, well, look, we all know that Fury won the first fight by three or four rounds. Let's just do a third one. And even Wilder and his people maybe accept at that point that Fury won. But long may it continue. The king is dead. Long live the king. Lovely. Gareth, how likely or unlikely... I thought that was the end. No, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, I'm going to use you like a... Anyway, Gareth, how likely or unlikely like that... Ford Cortina. I was going to say a cheap prostitute, but we'll go with your analogy. Listen, I will never, ever stand for being called a cheap prostitute, yeah? You're very expensive, I know. <laughs> Gareth, how unlikely or likely is it that we see a similar situation where Fury will have to pick himself up off the canvas? It wouldn't surprise me to see him down on the canvas. It wouldn't surprise me to see Wilder down either, by the way. Um, this is going to be... This is going to be a fight where anything could happen. It, it, it could be over in two rounds. It could be a Hagler-Hearns, a three-round slugfest, with, with uh, Fury deciding that he's earning enough from this, he can take the gamble, he doesn't want to be in there a long time, they're worried about the, the eye being cut, and that they say, no, we've worked out how we're going to make the adjustments here, we've seen our ins... And, you know, that's why Ben Davison isn't in the camp anymore. Yes, he walked away. He and Tyson split. But they, they, they had a particular policy straight after the fight where Tyson thought, you know what, I could have hit that guy more than I did. I could have hit him more without exposing myself. That's what he's got to do. He's spoken to you off the record or on the record. He's not going to go out there and go gung-ho, throwing punches everywhere. He's going to do it in an educated manner. He's looking for the performance of his career. And that means timing, fainting, but timing Deontay Wilder and bringing him on to punches. But if we see a cagier Deontay Wilder this time, inching forward rather like he did against Luis Ortiz, throwing less punches, being more economical, and I'm hearing that from the camp as well, we might get a real chess match. And we could be seven rounds in with Tyson six up where we're going, don't change anything here, Tyson. Biting our nails for the last four rounds going, hold him, grab, move. You're five rounds ahead, you're six rounds, you're seven rounds ahead. And Wilder getting wilder and wilder, you know. The bronze bomber trying to load up with those bombs. So many amazing outcomes to this fight. You know, it's a privilege for me to be calling the fight with, uh, with Talk Sport as well. You know, doing my Telegraph stuff, calling the fight with Talk Sport. These are the moments we live for in our profession. And it's a pleasure and a privilege to be here, along with you, my brother. Absolutely. Gareth, Tyson Fury says... Does Eddie Hearn feel like this way? He always feels like he's done the payoff, the interview's ending, but you've just got this ability just to go on and on. Yeah, I'm looking at the timer there. It says... Just approaching minutes. 14 minutes. 14. And I don't, we'll go 20. I don't, I don't. We'll go 20. We'll go 20. We'll go 20. <laughs> Tyson Fury says that he doesn't need to fight Anthony Joshua in order for him to be recognised if he beats Wilder as the number one heavyweight. Is there an argument, though, until Wilder or Fury have fought Anthony Joshua, it's subjective, shall we say, whether you can claim to be the number one heavyweight on the planet. And I think all three have got a strong case. No, I, I, look, I think the era would be incomplete if Anthony Joshua doesn't fight both men. He deserves that opportunity. You know, he's, he's, he's the four-year generation after them, isn't he? He's the Olympic gold medalist from 2012. They, they were 2008 turnovers. So... 
he's almost slightly the next generation, even though he's a similar age. No, he's got to fight both of them. They've got to fight him. And why wouldn't they? There is so much cash. It's a cash-rich fight, either of those fights. Fury and Joshua, Wilder and Joshua. But does the winner from Saturday night state claim to being, until their fault, do they state claim to being the number one heavyweight, despite Joshua having three of the other belts? In my view, Tyson Fury is the number one heavyweight in the world. He, for me, he beat Deontay Wilder by three rounds. I think I scored it 113, 110, but you could have easily scored it 114, 110. Fury is the number one heavyweight right now in the world. What would he have done with Andy Ruiz? Are you telling me that, that Andy Ruiz would beat Tyson Fury? Sorry, I don't see that. I just don't see that. Um, but I do think that the winner of this is clearly seen as the number one in the world. And for now, they, they have to give Anthony Joshua an opportunity, and they will. I think Eddie's got to make that fight. You know, we know the trouble that he and Shelley Finkel had before. You know, Shirley Winkle, all that kind of stuff. They've got to get their heads together and, and make sure it happens. I think, as, we, as you know yourself, Fury against Joshua is a much easier to fight, fight to make than Wilder against Fury. Uh, than Wilder against Joshua. It's a much easier fight to make. It'll happen in the UK. You know, um, they're talking about Saudi. But, uh, no, I think they've got to fight Joshua. They've got to fight. He's got to fight. I think, I think Fury has to fight Dillian White as well. Because Dillian deserves an opportunity. He's one of the most improved heavyweights out there in the world. Um, he's, he, he deserves his dues. Um, so, yeah, they've, got, they've all got to fight each other. Maybe more than once. I think in a world where heavyweight era, rather, that we're asking for, like, Joshua Wilder, Joshua Fury, we, we must be grateful for the fact that we're getting two Wilder Furies in the space of 14 months. Yeah. And that's got to be highlighted because, like I said, all the other fights are ifs and buts. And you chuck Dylan White in there, he's fought Joshua, obviously, but there's a lot of fights there to be made as well. But we're seeing two of the best, or if not the best, fighting each other within 14 months twice. Why did um, Deontay Wilder um, never fight Vladimir Klitschko? That's a big question for me. Why did they never fight? Great fight. Great fight. Five, six years ago. Why did they never fight? Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King, is the catalyst for the exponential growth of the heavyweight division in terms of boxing ability. Anthony Joshua is the catalyst as the major star and cash cow for the division. He's still a massive star. His stock has fallen with the likes of Bob Arum and Frank Warren, some of these guys who feel that Andy Ruiz exposed him. But when, when big heavyweights have a bogeyman who's a littler guy, it's very hard for them to get through that guy. I thought he did brilliantly in Saudi. I think he did the right thing. I think he outboxed him, but he did look vulnerable in the exchanges. I think it's different when he fight, fights a guy who's, who's bigger and he's punching straight. And, and that's why I think we've got to see him against these two other guys. I think it's a shootout against Wilder, and I think Fury outboxes him. Three days to go. Three more sleeps, as we say. Um... Okay, Gareth, listen, I appreciate nearly 19 minutes of your time. Have you got anything else you'd like to add before we conclude? Um, 
No, not really. It's just, you know, it's, I think, what I'd say about what you're doing, you know, you're called YouTubers and all that kind of stuff, but you're the mainstream, you know. I've seen you come and go and grow, and grow and grow you do. And, you know, the, the, our sport is a viral internet sport. The, the, you know, social media is very cruel, all those kind of things, but this is a sport that thrives on all of that. It's, it's instantaneous, it's dramatic, and it's why we do it. It's the best job in the world. It's the best job in the world, and I'm glad to be here, glad to be doing it with you. I will second that. Gareth A. Davis, thank you very much for talking to IFL TV, and yeah, we're just in the middle of the week at the moment, and uh, who knows what's going to happen. Let me just ask you, who have you got on Saturday night? I'm not going to call a fight okay. on camera, Gareth, but I'll talk to you about it off camera, but I'd like to, as unprofessional as I am, I like to maintain 4% professionalism. What I, what I find difficult is when people are asking you like three and a half weeks out, you've got your opinion, but it, it, like we need to go and do the ins and outs of different camps, and I don't see any um, chinks in the self-belief of either man, by the way. Um, but I did think I saw at the press conference Deontay Wilder's heart rate go up a little bit because I think Fury's a brilliant wind-up merchant. Remember when he retired and then told us an hour later he wasn't and we all did the story and... Uh, but he's great fun to be around and I think, as I said several times, it's great to have the access. It's what it's all about. Again, I'll second that. Gareth, thank you very much. Pleasure. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch up in the week. All right? God bless. Cheers, mate. IFL TV, out. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill, in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.